You're listening to the Creating Your Own Path podcast, episode number 22. Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Jen Snyder, and as always, you can listen to the show on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. You can also catch a new episode each week at creatingyourownpath.com. Today's episode is a good one, you guys. I had a chance to talk with Allie Lehman before the holiday break about her many, many creative projects and businesses. You might know her from a little project turned business called Death to the Stock Photo, which is quite frankly one of the best stock photo options around if you ask me. But she's also the co-author of an ebook for introverted business owners. She co-owns a design studio with her husband and still finds the time to take on photography clients, workshops, and a whole host of other things. On the show, we talk about what she's learned about herself through her multiple creative ventures, how she's shifting her focus a bit this year, and why she can't seem to stop collaborating on cool projects. Let's go to the show. Hi, Allie. Thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Okay, so you do a ton of different things, most of which I, I've probably just listed off in the introduction for this episode. And I've got to know, when people ask you what you do for a living, what exactly do you say? Yeah, so I usually tell people that I'm a business owner first. I feel like it, I've gone through the whole, I'm a freelancer, I'm you know a designer, and um, if I can at least start the conversation off with the fact that I own a business or two, I feel like it, it kind of sets the whole conversation in, in a different angle, and so I usually start with that, um, and then I can go into more details, can talk about the things that would actually really connect with the person asking, and uh, yeah, I feel like that that's changed in the last year a lot. I'll, I'll start off saying that instead. Right. And so do you feel like that kind of legitimizes you in some way? Yeah. So usually what I usually, I usually feel like that is something that, um, it just, it legitimate, it feels legitimate to other people. I mean, I even feel like, you know, you have those family members that you never see. And when you tell them that they, you own a business, it's, they're like, Oh, well that's cool. And then the conversation goes from there. I, I have that same Thing happen where I've kind of gone through these iterations of what I do for a living. There's this really large umbrella that covers everything that I do. Exactly. But it's hard to know where to start depending on who you're talking with. So I yeah. like that. I like that. I may have to um, use that uh, in the future. So, so kind of let's go back a little bit. What was your childhood like? Did you kind of grow up in a creative atmosphere? Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I didn't grow up necessarily. Um, my parents and like my, my siblings aren't really that creative, but I had a really supportive um, family circle where they they were really they were supportive. They bought. Um, I remember I started semi private art lessons when I was like seven or so, and um, they were just they were really supportive in the sense of hey, like my my aunt would definitely buy my watercolor painting um, supplies or. Um, I had all my mom's friends buying my paintings for me and it was just, it was this, this feeling of, um, you know, they were really supportive of what I was doing that I could make money doing it. And so by the time I went to college and said, um, Hey, I think I'm going to major in design, um, with, you know, a focus in some of the other arts, it was just sort of a no brainer. And so I felt, I feel really lucky that I was in a community that, recognized it they they um 
they were really happy that I was enjoying what I was doing. Um, and I never had those conversations of, you know, like, well, maybe you won't make very much money doing this. Um, it just was sort of, you should do what you love. That's really incredible. And you touched on something that I think is really important and valuable to note that they bought your work. Yes. They, yes. they saw the value in it and, and kind of put it on the line. You know what I mean? They yeah. put money where their mouth is a sort of, sort of thing. And it, it, I think yeah. that's really important. It wasn't just like a pat on the back, like, Oh, good job, sweetie. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah. I, I think that's pretty amazing. And I'm not sure a lot of people get that. I think there, there's one thing about, um, maybe being, uh, amidst a kind of mm-hmm. supportive community, but when people are saying, yes, this can be your livelihood. Yeah, that's so different than someone saying, you know, like, oh, that's really great, but like, what are you going to do for a job or what are you going to do for money? Um, I can go back home to my parents' hometown and essentially say, I meet, I like encounter their friends, you know, people that you sort of forget. Um, But they're like, you know, I still have your painting above our mantle, or do you remember that painting that you did for us? And I mean, my memory is horrible, so I'm always like, I think so. You know, when I was 12, I don't necessarily remember it, but. that's kind of cool. I mean, you you hear so much in like the digital design, like, you know, small business conversation of, you know, making it's good when people have invested money in you. It's good when you have a customer. And so it's kind of funny when I think about, oh, I, I kind of started my customer base when I was like 12 or so. So I think that's always kind of funny. Yeah, that's huge. And I think it's really different from a lot of what I hear in particular in the online space mm-hmm. that, well that generation just does not understand what I do and there's no way I'm going to be able to explain it to them. Totally. And I've noticed even, um, my mom, she resonates more with some of the photography that I do than maybe like a web design because it, she gets it. And so, um, you know, when I'm at a family reunion, she's like going on and on about my photography, which is, it's interesting to see what your, um, your family and your friends like really grasp and, and can support. It's still really cool. Yes, absolutely. And you're right. It is interesting to see what stands out to which people. Yeah. Uh, when you do have kind of like this varied portfolio, if you will, of businesses yeah. or, or projects, it's interesting to see what people latch on to and what they, what resonates with them. So that's yeah. cool that you have that. Yeah. Yeah, it is cool. It's amazing. So can you talk a little bit about your background, kind of how you ended up as a small business owner with so many different creative pursuits? Yeah. Um, I always felt like... When I was in college, I always felt like I would work at an agency, you know, in a big city. And as I started freelancing at towards the end of college, this was like 2008 or so, um, I, I, I realized I really loved helping people who didn't have the, the budget or, you know, they just weren't, they were, they were a small business owner themselves. So I helped a lot of Etsy shop owners when I was in college kind of brand their store and help that sort of uh, go offline. So I helped them with things like business cards, really simple things like that. And I realized I really loved helping people in that way. And so it made a lot of sense to freelance. My goal essentially was to freelance full-time at some point in my life. So um, I had a full-time job you know, from 2009 until 2012. Um, I was doing design, social media, and um, things like that. And so when I quit my job in 2012 to work for myself, that was really my goal. My goal was to help people who couldn't go to an agency, um, you know, who were, who were starting out and it was just their own business. So the goal of everything has always been, let's help that one person who wants to quit their job. Um, 
And so since I had all the resources to, you know, launch my own website and make my own logo, it was fun to start thinking about how I could help other people do the same. Were you at an agency then? You mentioned a full-time job. Now, was that an agency? No, it actually was for um, the Department of Natural Resources here in Columbus. Um, It was for the state of Ohio. So it was not, I wouldn't call it a very creative environment, but I was, I had a really amazing team around me. Um, My boss was actually one of my former art professors at college. So I was still learning a lot, but it just, you know, it just wasn't the thing that I wanted to do the rest of my life. Um, yeah, that's very similar to my story. Really? Yeah. So I was kind of working at a, um, it's the business improvement district in downtown okay. Sacramento. Super okay. cool team. Um, and I did get to do creative things, but it wasn't, it kind of stopped being the track I wanted to be on, if that yeah. makes sense. And so yeah. I can totally relate to that. So you said you left in 2012, is that? Yeah, 2012 okay. in August. I remember my first day of working for myself was like August 3rd. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like actually doing this. I was just in my house. And a year, I would say, yeah, a year later, my husband joined me and we started our own company. It wasn't just me freelancing anymore. Wow. Okay, cool. So before we get to talk, because I do want to talk about the the design studio you run with your husband. But first, I want to talk about Death to the Stock Photo, which yeah. is so stinking cool. Oh, I'm so, so glad to hear that. I love, I love it so that. much. And um not just, I mean, the photos are beautiful, but I love the idea behind it. It, it was, yeah. It's just so cool. And I think that's how I kind of came upon all of your work. Can you tell us how that project came about and, yeah. and what it means for you? Yeah, it was really cool. Um, I met David, who owns um, Death of the Stock Photo, with me. And I met him in 2000, um, maybe like two, beginning of 2013. And um, we had worked on a few projects together just for fun. And he hired me to do a few things. And Um, I remember sitting at a coffee shop with him and we were just, we were just trying to think of like cool ways to work together. Um, which is sort of how I approach everything is like, how can I collaborate? How can I, um, let's just test this idea. It doesn't always have to, you know, be super successful. And so, um, he had just started picking up photography and I had been, I'd been, I've been shooting since I was like nine years old, um, off and on. And so I think I told him, I have all these photos in my Dropbox and, I'm never going to use them. I mean, you know, how many pictures can you use from your trip to Hawaii in a blog post? You don't really frame pictures anymore, which is sad. So we talked about what if we just distributed these to some of our friends who are really creative people and see what they do with it. And we kind of took it from there. It was we just threw up a landing page, had people enter in their email and then started asking for feedback. And it really took off. I mean, it's probably one of the few things that I've done where the growth happened so quickly. And it was, the affirmation was really amazing. And so we've been doing that since, what, mid-2013. And um, David does it full-time now. I contribute creatively. I think my title's more of like a creative director. And um, yeah, we're really excited about what happens next year with it. Yeah, so with Death to the Stock Photo, I know sometimes you end up having other photographers sort of Mm -hmm. collaborate with you. How does that work? For the first, I want to say like the first six months, these are all numbers that I'm horrible with, but David and I shot everything ourselves. Um, And then we started realizing there were people who we just knew um, from our own lives. Like it's not like we were reaching out to 
complete strangers. They were photographers that we really loved connecting with and they were really supportive of us. Um, and so we just said, Hey, you know, do you want to shoot a guest pack? We've been able to feature a lot of photographers all over the world actually. And we partner with about four consistently to supplement. We have a free list, which if you're on our free list, you get 10 photos a month for free. And then you can sign up for our premium option, which we supplement an extra pack a month. And then you get access to every pack that's been distributed since we started. So we were able to use these amazing, talented photographers to supplement that premium option. And we really just love collaborating. It's really poured over from what David and I like doing anyway. And so uh, we just partnered with someone named Tyler to create our own font and we were able to pay him and then split revenue. And we just love being able to support people who are really good at what they do, but they're kind of taking like a different path. They're not, we call it like this, they're not doing like the stock lifestyle, just, you know, do the things that are expected and, and kind of never veer off of that. Right, right. So kind of people that are thinking outside of that, whatever little box society puts around them. You also recently, why I reached out to you, because you do a lot of different things. So I want to talk about the book you just Mm -hmm. co-authored, which was called Charge Up. And you worked with Claire Dean. Is that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. What kind of made you want to write a book about creatives, creative business owners who might be a little bit introverted? Like what made you want to write about that? Well, I first, this is sort of a weird story. I had, um, so I've been blogging since 2009 and I've met a lot of really great people because of it, you know, all over the world. And I had a a friend, a blogger friend stay with me once from out of town. She's not even from the U.S. And she was in my house and I was like, I had this like crazy anxiety. I was like, oh my gosh, like it wasn't her. And so I wrote a blog post that night she was there and published it the next day about how I'm an introvert and how I'm starting to figure out that when I don't have space for myself and I don't have time for myself um, and when I'm with people all the time, I can get really anxious. I can actually feel physically ill. And (laughs) I remember getting lunch with her the next day and she's like, you know, I read your blog. She's Uh like, did you write that about me? I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even think of that. I was like, you know what? it's not about you. It's really about me. You didn't do anything wrong. And I just had noticed this pattern in my life over and over since I was a kid. And for a while, people would just say like, oh, you just get homesick. You just like love your mom. And I'm like, well, I love my mom, but I don't think it's that. Um, And it kept happening as even as I was an adult. And so when I met Claire, she had hired um, our design and branding studio to work on her business. And we had Skyped a lot. She's in Australia. And I remember thinking, like, she totally has it all together. And then one day she was sort of sharing with me some of the things that overwhelmed her. And we realized that we were both introverted business owners. And so kind of like, you know, the common thread and everything that I try to do, I'm like, well, how can we collaborate? Let's try to help people who might feel the same way we do. Um, It took about, like, six months to write just because of – the time difference and, you know, trying to collaborate on top of a lot of different things. And then we published that in September. Wow. And it's, it's good. I, I purchased it and read it. Awesome. Um, and I actually had read Quiet. Mm-hmm. By, uh, Susan by Susan yep. King. And um, that really resonated with me because mm-hmm. people have always told me that I'm highly emotional and shy. Yeah. Um, and so I thought, well, no. <laughs> Yeah. I just need my own space and I need a place to retreat and I don't need to go to all of the events under the sun. 
So your book sort of, again, confirmed that for me, but more in the business sense. You know, I really liked the business angle of it. So for any introverted business owners out there, it's a good read and it's worth, um, it almost just kind of as an affirmation. You know what I mean? Like, yes, I'm okay. I'm just not the extrovert. Exactly. And I feel like, I mean, I don't know if you feel like this, but there are so many times where, you know, it's, I feel this weird um, pressure to be just like very social 24 yeah. seven. Um, I think anytime you share yourself on the internet, naturally people are going to be connected with you. And if you don't protect yourself and make that space for yourself, I mean, I've had multiple times where I've hit that burnout. Like I can't do anything else until I retreat almost. And so I think that's really important for people to realize and that you can be, you can be a really outgoing introvert or you can be a loud introvert it's really just about energy and not so much about being socially awkward right and it's a spectrum yes exactly it's kind of you can kind of move between it depending on Mm -hmm. where you are in your day or your month or your year yeah it's funny you you mentioned that I wrote a blog post gosh I want to say last year and I, I mentioned that I'm fairly introverted yeah. And um, somebody commented, well, you don't seem like it online, so maybe you just have a, a social anxiety. And I was like, well, yeah, I really yeah. like people and I like yeah. spending time around people. Right. So I don't know that that's it. Um, right. And so it was an interesting thought because I the way I write is perhaps, you know, very, I don't know, socially acceptable or socially. Yeah. It, it makes me sound like a more social human being. And so, and I'm also married to somebody who's even further on the spectrum than I am. Because my husband's extroverted. I've always, I'm curious to hear like how, you know, how things are if if you're both introverted or two people are extroverted. Has it been, have you guys been able to like learn from each other? Yes. We are constantly learning from one another. So um, when I was working for uh, the business district in downtown Sacramento, Mm -hmm. I was in marketing and PR. So I was doing like live shots on television. <laughs> yeah. I was, you know what I mean? I was, I was always going to events and I was always kind of expected to be at events, but I, yes. re- I remember coming home and just being so drained after yes. one event yeah. um, where you kind of had to be on for maybe two or three hours and my husband wouldn't even go to the events. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? So he's, he's like, no, I don't have to do that. <laughs> yeah, I love you, but no. And yeah. so, uh, and so I think he's more interested in kind you know he he go he's got a nine to five job so he goes to work he comes home he relaxes and he just kind of shuts down a little bit and not in a bad way but in a I'm I'm gonna go ahead and just need some quiet time right (laughs) right and so um it's been interesting actually because you know when I would come home from my my job job when I had a nine to five Mm -hmm. which of course is always more like an eight to six exactly exactly Um, and I would want to like decompress, but verbally, mm-hmm. whereas mm-hmm. he does not necessarily always need to do that. Right. And so it's, it's this constant, like, well, what do you need right now versus, and trying exactly. to read each other's signals a little bit. And now it's different because I work part-time from a co-working space and part-time from home. Mm-hmm. And so, but I'm still like, how was your day? I haven't. You still want to talk, you know? Okay. And so yeah. I haven't talked to anybody all day. So I'm, I'm not always getting the social that I do need. Right. The social interaction. Right. Um, and so it's kind of like this weird balance where now I'm trying to figure out, well, gosh, do I need to, do I need to like build a studio? You know what I mean? Kind of yeah. get 
more of that during the day right so that so that I kind of fulfill that I tick that box for myself you know yeah yeah so anyway it's it's been really interesting yeah I was gonna say too anytime I have I had we had company here a week ago we had Thanksgiving we moved um into a new house and like it just hit me like two days ago where I was like, Oh oh my gosh. Like I, we were at the mall shopping for Christmas and my husband was like, let's go into REI. And I looked at him, I go, I'm going to walk around Saks by myself. (laughs) Like I just need to like be a zombie almost like wander. So we found actually different things that maybe we could do where I feel like it can be sort of like a low key quiet date, but he's still surrounded by people. So we pick, you know, like our, our restaurants really specifically like, oh, well, it'll be relaxing for me, but you'll feel the energy of this, you know, this space. So right. it's this balance of making sure that you take care of your spouse or, you know, a business partner without like letting yourself hit that, that point where you haven't been taking care of yourself. Right. It's an absolute, it's a constant like learning process. I feel like we <laughs> almost go through it daily. Yeah. Oh yeah. Where we're reading each other's signals. Exactly. I, so. I now realize why my mom was like, you know, marriage is hard. There's, it's not like a bad experience, but there's so much in making sure that you are, you know, f- you find happiness and are fulfilled by other things than just your husband. And so, yeah, that's, I think it's constantly a challenge. Absolutely. And so let's talk about that a little bit because not only are you married, you're also business partners. Right, exactly. <laughs> so yeah. let's kind of turn the page and talk about the Wonder Jam, which I love that name, first of all. Thank you. And Thank it's you. a branding and design studio that you run with your husband, Adam. And yes. so what is that like? What's it like working on projects as a married couple? Um, so we always talk about it as it's a great exercise for your marriage. It's It requires you to communicate really well around other people. Um, it, it's just, it's, it's sort of this thing where you, you're, we're working together day to day, but, um, in an, in the same way it's good for your marriage, it's good for working with other people. So Adam and I, in our relationship as, um, we're married, but we also, you know, own this business together when I'm, working with him professionally and I have things like, you know, empathy and I care about him and I want him to be fulfilled, like the work that we do. Um, I feel like it's really, it's really awesome because then if we have an intern or someone here part-time or a contractor, I already am sort of thinking along those lines. So I'm already thinking, does our developer actually like doing this work? Do, do we need to make sure that we're thinking of him and like what he wants to do or, um, you know, making sure that our interns feel appreciated, but also your feedback is really um, constructive and not just critical. So in a way, I feel like it's this great, it kind of stretches you into a more human version of whatever you're trying to do. Um, But it's been really great. It's the first year was really hard because I was used to working by myself. So all of my note taking was in my head. And so there were times where we'd have something that we were trying to work through. And I'm like, well, how do you not know th- about this thing? And he's like, well, you never told me. And right. so in my head, it was there. And I knew all the details or the passwords or um, the numbers. But it took, I would say, a good year for us to sort of get back into the groove of the business could just run versus working on the business all the time. That's a really interesting um, interesting concept. And I, 
I think it's good to hear that it took you a year, you know, yeah. that yeah. it wasn't this instant, everything's, you know, yeah. unicorns and rainbows and whatnot, where, you know. Exactly. So when we started working together full time in May of 2013, we at the same time started traveling a lot more. And my brother, who was 20 at the time, actually moved in with us while he figured out what he wanted to do with his life. So those three things together actually I would not suggest doing them at the same time. Um, It was really stressful because when you have someone else in your home and you're working out of your home, you just kind of don't say anything. You don't say as much as you would if it was just the two of you. Right. And so there were a lot of those, like, you were looking at the other person, like, trying to mind read. And um, so after my brother moved out and we sort of felt a little more settled, it things shifted a lot. And then we got our own studio, which I would say makes it made a huge difference in, in business. And so your studio is outside of your home. It's yeah separate completely. Yeah. It's about, um, it's like a two minute drive or 10 minute walk. So it's not far, but it's completely separate. We have, we rarely have work things at our studio. Um, I'm actually home right now, but it's great to be able to leave and leave work there, not stare at your computer And it just opens up to being able to meet clients and then feel like they're being taken care of. And we have a warehouse where we do photo shoots and, um, yeah, it's been great. It's a huge, it was a huge lesson in investing in your business and it can be really scary, but really important. It, it is terrifying. I'm actually at that point where I'm trying to decide, you know, what, yeah, then you totally understand. It's like this scary, we met with, um, one of my friends who's a business owner, but she is at that point too, where she's like, I'm, I'm not at that point where it's like a no brainer of, Oh, I can totally afford my own office, but I know that I have to make that scary jump and then see sort of the, the benefits from that. And so that's where we were. We were like, okay, this investment doesn't seem like a no brainer, but if it grows the way we want it to, then it will be a no brainer. Right. And so in the middle of all these projects that we've talked about and, you know, getting a studio. You just, you said you moved into a new house. You've got a lot going on. Yeah. Um, you also find time to blog. You take on photography clients. Mm-hmm. You also teach workshops. Mm-hmm. And so how do you manage all of that? What does a day look like for you? So my days are very, very planned. I would say that has, I want that to change the most in 2015. I want it to still be very thought out and planned, but I want to, instead of each hour being um, accounted for, I would rather have a day or six hours or even two hours where it's just, hey, there's nothing going on and you can just create whatever you want. Um, The thing that I've been talking to David about who I run Deaths of the Stock Photo with is spontaneity and passion projects actually take a lot more planning than people think. So it's true. It's yeah. I mean, you won't find time for it. I've seen it happen in my calendar for the past 12 months where you think that this is going to happen some magical moment that doesn't exist in time, but (laughs) that it will happen. And so I think that for me, it's planning. So it's me making sure that if I have something that I need to get done, it has to have a place on my calendars because it gets to the end of the day and you, you don't man, I don't manage well just trying to make everything fit organically without a plan. So that's probably my biggest, um, the, the most important way that I kind of manage all of it. Um, I've also had to realize that I have to prioritize the things that, um, I don't know how to word it. 
I'm okay with things failing. So if I start, if I try to launch some sort of workshop or, um, you know, a, a side project, I don't push it for forever. Um, I'm okay with sort of dropping it and saying, Hey, that was good. I learned a lot. I don't have to worry about my pride. It just didn't take off. And so I've done blogging workshops. I started a health blog two years ago and we ended up selling it and it's okay with me. And there was probably a time in my life where I would have felt like a failure, but you can't waste time on that because if you don't try, if you don't experiment, a lot of things won't happen. It has to sort of be just something that you try. You sort of say, I'm not going to wait for someone to give me permission to do this. So let's just try it. Right. And so I have more questions because of that. So let's, yeah. let's talk about, first of all, I don't think selling a website is a failure. I think that's actually right. another version of success. Yeah. Um, and so what are the indicators for you? So what, mm-hmm. let's say, let's whether it's the website or a workshop that just didn't take off or whatever it was, what was the indicator for you to go, okay, next? Yeah, one of the first indicators for me is you don't get excited before you do it or meet about it. So um, I started a health blog that was more of like, um, the it took the approach of you should just consider trying things. So, you know, if you, if you read an article about how important vitamin D is, um, just experiment and try it yourself. There's not you know, one formula for every person. And I started it with my friend, Mary, who's in Tennessee and she's amazing. She's a registered dietitian and I love her so much, but she would be, she'd send an email. Hey, I didn't get that post. Like I'm really busy. I would do the same. We would kept missing Skype meetings and I've been a part of things where I'm like, no, I'm not missing this. Like I can't wait to write this post. Um, if you're forcing yourself, I feel like that's pretty, a huge a huge indication um, that it's probably not something you want to do the rest of your life. Right. And um, and another one is just, is it taking away from the things that you do love doing? So um, are you dragging your feet to write that blog post when there are people paying you to do something that you really love or just paying you in general? I think that I have to, I have to prioritize the people who are investing in my, um, my businesses. So those are pretty much the two things I look for. Um, the third thing I would say is there is a thing as, you know, spreading yourself too thin. So I was at a point, I think it was like last, early last year where someone would say the same thing, like, oh my gosh, you do this and this and this and this. And and they kept going and I was like, oh yeah, I'm doing way too much. Um, and so whether it's selling a website or, or a business or delegating this year was the first time where we really invested in delegating work. So we have someone part-time at the Wonder Jam. We're going to have two interns in the spring. Um, and I'm also, we're, we're going to not renew a contract with a client who takes up a lot of my time doing things I don't enjoy doing. And so it's this scary moment where as you release things, as you sort of drop them, if you're, if you're someone who likes to stay busy, it can be scary. And so it can be scary for me to not be maxed out busy like I've always been. Um, and I've learned a lot this month about like, wow, you can just sort of hang out and um, sit and stare at your Christmas tree if you want. And that's a huge lesson for me and that I don't always have to be working. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I've actually talked to other people about that where when you're you're going and you're going and you're going and you're doing and, you know, it's busy, busy, busy. Yep. There's um, adrenaline 
attached to that. Yes, yes. And that can be addicting. It can be really addicting to kind of have that adrenaline rush constantly. And, um, but what happens, and especially I think for highly emotional slash introverted (laughs) people is that we just burn out. Yeah. You know, it's bad. So, so I think that's really interesting that you've kind of, um, opened yourself up for that. That's really good. Yeah. And I remember I was having the same thought about the health site that I launched and Mary emailed me and was like, or she texted me and said something like, I hope you're not mad, but I like can't do this anymore. And it's such a huge, I mean, it was such, it affirmed everything I had already been feeling. And so I realized you have to be willing to say, I respect you, especially if this is like, you know, you're going into this endeavor together with someone else, but being able to say like, I respect you. I loved working with you, but I have to make these decisions for myself. And she wanted to spend more time with her husband and, you know, work on her own business. And so I respected that so much. And that's why I think I would always do that to someone else. Um, when I did those blogging workshops, I worked with my friend Erica on that and she's in Chicago. And I just said, you know, like, you're going to do amazing things with this. You should take, here's everything. Um, I don't have the capacity for it, but I'm like your number one supporter and I would love to help out in any way that I can, you know, as you're hosting workshops. So it's been, it's been awesome to be able to walk away from those things and still really love and respect the people that you work with. Right. And let's kind of talk about that a little bit, because one of the things as I've, I've kind of, um, discovered more about what you do. I admire your take on collaborations and they seem to be something you're really interested in mm-hmm. doing. So kind of what is it about working with others that keep, keeps you going? Yeah. I, so I don't know what you were like, you know, as a, in high school or whatever, but I was always that person that people were like, Oh, I'm going to be in Allie's group. Cause she's going to do everything. And yeah. I was like, yeah, this is great. This is like the, actually there were times where I hated it, but also like, fine, I will do everything and it will be awesome. And, um, be frustrated at the same time. And so as I grew into adulthood and started businesses or side projects, I was like, Hey, I'm in charge now. I'm going to be working with the people that are just as good as, or better than I am. Um, hopefully better. I, you know, want to be able to learn from people. And, and so there, I'm attracted to the people that are, have sort of that drive who aren't going to just sit around and wait for me to do something. Um, and so I love collaboration, but I feel like I, I do those really intentionally. I'm making sure that everything that I'm doing is, I feel really comfortable with the person that I'm working with. We, I'm always, the first conversation that we have, I'm always talking about expectation. David did the same thing with me where he's like, what do you want out of this? What do you want out of death to the stock photo? What's your end goal? Um, what would happen where you would, wouldn't be, um, comfortable, you know, like making sure that the other people are really fulfilled and happy in their role and what the business is doing. And so, I feel like it's it's great. I've started a lot of things before where my husband looks at me and goes, you could have done that by yourself. I'm like, I don't want to do it by myself. I I think my whole life I was doing art and creating work by myself that it's so fun to be able to have people that are there creating, supporting. Um, David does so many things with Death of the Stock Photo that I would never have taken it by myself. Um And so it's really cool to see other people's strengths come up. And there's just that vulnerability that I think we really need as human beings. And especially because I've been there as a freelancer, you can feel 
you can sort of miss that time where you're giving feedback to people or getting feedback from others. And so I think it's, it's really important for me and it, I wouldn't be able to do it if I did all this by myself. You, you touched on a couple of good points there. And I actually, when I first launched this show, I reached out to, I don't know if you're familiar with Project Yosemite. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I reached out to Colin and Sheldon, mm-hmm. who did the, um, the time-lapse video of Yosemite. Yeah. And it's beautiful. It's incredible. So I, awesome. I could not wait to like hear their process and talk to them yeah. about it. And one of the things they said was that it's really great when you're doing something that other people might think is a little crazy. Uh-huh. Um, it's really great to have somebody kind of walking alongside you saying, nope, it's not crazy. This is going to be really awesome. So exactly. It, it seems so simple to have like a partner in crime, but yeah. it's really important to have somebody else, whether it's um, a business partner or just somebody you're working on a project with, to yep. kind of bounce ideas off of. And um, they can turn to you and say, you know, I wouldn't do it that way, but here's what I would do. And you can yep. kind of meet in the middle somewhere. It's awesome too. Like I love what they said because, or, you know, that concept of, Someone else has your vision. And I mean, there were times after we did Death of the Stock Photo where people were like, what's your business model? And we were like, well, right now we're just trying to help people. We have no idea. And it's so cool to be able to look like, you know, look to the side and see David nodding in agreement. Like when everyone else is sort of not seeing the vision, uh, someone else was there when it started, when you came up with it. And so it's really cool. I mean, I get the same question even with marriage, like, why'd you get married so young? Um, I was like, well, when you find someone that's like actually great, it doesn't make the experience of life or business any worse. It only makes it better. Right. Absolutely. It's amazing to watch kind of your process with this. And and I appreciate your (laughs) candid answers, kind of giving us the behind the scenes on how certain things kind of came about. So if you had one bit of advice to those people listening who want to get into a creative career or have mm-hmm. a creative side project, what would that advice be? My one bit of advice would be to decide what you want out of your life. Because if you're going to start a creative career, if you're going to you know freelance, start a business, um, anything, start a project, you really want to be able to know what your end goal is. So at one point, my husband looked at me and said, do you want to be the best designer in the world, be make a million dollars or have the life, the lifestyle that you want? Um, and as an introvert and someone who, you know, is very, I can be very particular about things. I was like, well, I want the kind of lifestyle that I want. I don't really care about fame or fortune. I obviously want to make money and we've been successful in that. But I want to be able to take a vacation when I want. I want to be able to sit in my pajamas if I want, or I want to run, you know, a huge commercial photo shoot in my office. And so it was really more about, I want to make the decisions that I want to make for myself. I want to give parts of my income back to my community, however I want. And it sounds, you know, that can end up sounding rather selfish, but it's okay if you want to make a lot of money or it's okay if you want to be recognized as someone who's really good in your field by your peers, but that wasn't really my goal. And so we do the same thing with Death to Stock. David and I will look at each other and be like, what's your end goal? Like, what would be really awesome if this happened in five years? And if you can be really honest and not feel ashamed for what you want, then it kind of drives your decisions. And it kind of, as things creep in and 
you get offered a lot of money for this retainer client, but it's not going to allow you to do the things you want to do day to day, then it makes your answer pretty much like a no brainer. And so I would say, don't be afraid to shift and evolve, but be really honest with what you want. Because if you just do what other people, what if you do what you think other people want you to do, then you'll probably find yourself unhappy or doing things that you don't love. That is really good advice. And I think it's, it's not this that you might be unhappy. It's that people can see through that. Yes. If you're forcing yourself or you're, you're doing things that might not be what you really want to be spending your time doing, it yep. shows. Yeah, people can tell. People yeah. can tell. So I think that's really great advice. So kind of wrapping things up. So looking toward the future, mm-hmm. what's in store for you and your various projects? If you want to kind of go through the the multiple projects that you're working on, I'd love to hear what's next. Yeah, um, so with the Wonder Jam, um, we will be trying to help bloggers and small business owners in a really affordable way. We, towards the end of the year, we've shifted away from everybody needs, um, you know, a custom site to how can we, how can we utilize resources that help someone who um, shouldn't be paying that much money. Um, So we are at a point where we actually turn people away or we take their budget and we reallocate it so that you're not putting all your eggs in one basket essentially. So, Um, We're really excited about that, just creating resources and helping people in really intense bursts for a more affordable cost, which is going to be really, I'm really excited about. Um, We're dropping all of our retainer clients because I don't love doing that. I feel like I end up just feeling like I have six different full-time jobs. And then with Death's the Stock, we will be launching our new site after the new year, um, which will explain a little bit more about where people's money is going if they're a premium member. So Um, how we're giving back, how we're supporting other creative people. Um, We hope to do another road trip, which we did last year. We crowdfunded a road trip and then sent um, pictures while we were on the road. And yeah, pretty much I just want to sort of create more space to do things that pop up. I mean, that's how a lot of those projects we mentioned today came about was because I had the time. And so I want to make sure that stays the same. Um, But yeah, we're, we're really excited. And I think that it's going to be a year where I'm just excited to see how we grow, but more like what we learn. Because when I look back on 2013 or 2014, it's like you learn so much. And so it's fun to look back and see it sort of from like a third perspective. Absolutely. And I think, you know, we're recording here in December, but this is going to go live in January. But everyone's yeah. kind of in that in that phase right now where I know I am. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm kind of looking back at the year and going, oh, my gosh. All Isn't of this it crazy? Stuff happened. <laughs> yes. And I was talking to somebody the other day about what I thought was going to be so amazing. You know, if I got yeah. a client or a project and I thought, oh my gosh, this right? is what I've always wanted. And then yeah. something else completely different came up, which was actually more fulfilling yes. and more, you know what I mean? More um, kind of in the lane where I wanted to be, be going. And so yeah. it's just been interesting to look back and kind of see what worked and what didn't. So yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, I'm really excited to see what you guys do next. And so for those listening, where is the best place online for people to find out more about your work? Oh, gosh. I would say um, our website, both com and thewonderjam.com. But, um, 
You know, I'm pretty active on Instagram, which my username for like every social media is AllyPal, A-L-L-I-E-P-A-L. Okay, perfect. Um, But I try to share, my whole thing is, you might as well be real and um, share beautiful things at the same time. So that's kind of always my goal in our work and even, you know, my side businesses. So yeah, connect with me there. I love talking to people. Um, and meeting people when I travel, I'm like, I love meeting people when I'm on the road. So I always try to like tweet it out or share on Instagram when I'm, when I'm traveling. Okay, perfect. Well, thank you for being on the show. I really love everything that you're doing. I'm so excited to hear more interviews that you've got, you put out. Oh, thank you so much. She is super cool. You guys, I loved her advice on starting a project based on end goals and how candid she was about her tendencies as an introvert. I can definitely relate. So if you want to tell Allie how much you liked her interview, head over to Twitter and find her at AllyPal. Be sure to tag me as well so I can see which parts of the interview you liked best. You can find me on Twitter at Jennifer E. Snyder. As always, you can find the show notes over at creatingyourownpath.com. And if you enjoyed these episodes, please be sure to head over to iTunes to subscribe and leave a review. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next time.